0: Guys, guys, oh guys, man, oh man, Marcos is back Marcos Sports, well Marcos, you know, Marcos is back Back and recording, you know, back on the podcast grind Back to chasing our dreams, you know, chasing our dreams of, you know, being on ESPN Being on ESPN, man and uh, you know, it's been tough. It's been tough. I'm not here to make excuses. I'm just here to talk sports, man. Just here to talk sports, talk about what I love and, you know, it's been a while. It's it's been a while. It's been over a month. It's been uh it's been so I think the last episode was when the Nuggets won the NBA Finals. That's how far it's been. But guys, please, round of applause for Marcos Jesus is back He's back He's not Well he's he's here You know He He's not back But he's here He's always here Even when you are sleeping <laughs> Nah I'm playing Let me stop playing <laughs> Sorry guys You know I just gotta get back into the rhythm of it Get back into the funk You know and uh Just to be a little transparent with you guys Um Marcos, why has why has it been so long since you uh, released an episode? Or Jesus, why has it been so long since you uh, released an episode? Um, like I said, you know, it's before and ever and always is just a battle. You know, it's a battle with yourself. And I'm gonna be very honest, you know, and transparent as I can. You know, you just I have no you have no drive. Well, I have no drive. I have no drive. I have no motivation this episode right now wasn't going to happen it was not going to happen it wasn't going to happen but you know i said this is it this is this is it this is my purpose man this is how i'm going to make it in the world how i'm going to make it in life and you know lately it's just been well what do i like like what do i like what do i need to do this for like I already have everything I have. I already have everything I need. I got a bed, I got a house. I mean not a house, you know. I got a I got a place to live. I have TV. I have entertainment. And what is what is it to more than life? You know? And from my perspective, I don't know, man. My, my mind is messed up. My mind is messed up. But, like I know you know you're supposed to have a drive, you know, for your mom, your family. You know, you wanna you wanna have a you wanna you wanna help them out, you know you wanna do it for them. But um, you know it's just been a it's been a constant battle. It's been a constant battle of you know just motivation and drive. You know I I can remember one time I was doing a job interview like a lot of years ago, probably for my first my first probably my first interview ever, and the interviewer asked me the interviewee. What is your drive? What drives you? And I'll never forget it. I didn't have an answer. I did not have an answer.
1: That's
0: you know. It's tragic. It's tragic. Um, but as you know, it's all about discipline as well. It's not about. It's not about the drive. It's just about discipline. You know, doing what's right for you. And even if it's the stuff that you don't like, you know, you got to do it like you love it. You know, I, I heard that from Mike Tyson, but it's it's just about discipline. You know, like work, you want to move up in the working world. You got to do stuff you don't want to do and you got to do it like you love it. That's that's discipline right there. But none of the uh, but enough of this TED talk, man. Let's get into the sports man we're gonna talk about you know it's gonna be all over the place you know we're just gonna get back you know it's gonna' I'm putting something out there you know it's not gonna be too long um but you know we're gonna we're gonna you know chat about some of the stuff that I've been watching and some of the stuff that's been happening and you know just stuff that imp- that's important to me in the in the in the sports world that I hope you guys find the same. Um, but let's just, you know, let's just get into the, you know, we're gonna start off with UFC. And then we're gonna talk about, you know, the boxing match. Well, we're not really gonna talk about it. I'm just gonna give you my thoughts on it, and my takes. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about the not not too much NBA. You know, we're gonna talk about MLB as well. And we're gonna talk about the, you know, the Bible. El Bible. La Bible. El Bible. <laughs> Oh uh, man, I'm so off rhythm right now But, you know, it's all good, man It's gonna come with consistency, man Let's get it Here we go Let's get it Sports with Jesus, welcome back Sports with Jesus, man Yo, we've seen a lot of stuff, man It's been a while A lot's happened in the sports world That's why I love sports You know, everything is happening every day you know, it could be a, a game, it could be uh, a trade, could be a fight, could be a, you know, it could be a lot of things, golf, tennis. I just love being around it. I love being all around it. I, I think that's why I wanted to be a gym teacher or a phys ed teacher uh, when I was little or, you know, a couple years ago It's because I just love being around sports, man, and, you know, I find sports entertaining I hope you guys find it as entertaining as me. Uh, so we're just gonna get into UFC um, two ninety one. Wait, wait, not two ninety one. UFC Dustin versus poor versus J- Justin Gaethje. Dustin Poirier Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. You know. Uh we're just going to talk about that and you know I'm not even going to get into the other fights. I know my boy Alex won. I didn't really get to see the fight, but I did see the main fight and I saw most of the fights, you know, I saw most of the fights. Pretty good fights. Pretty good card, pretty solid card, but the main the main thing of that day was something else. But whatever. Uh I was able to catch the Dustin versus Justin uh rematch. Um Dustin Poirier knocked out or TKO Justin Gaethje, you know, last time these guys met up. And it was just uh it was a good fight. It was a close fight. But um Gaethje got the last say, man, he knocked him out with a head kick. Knocked him out with a head kick. It was it was just crazy. It was pretty back and forth, pretty um, you know. I can't remember the fight <laughs> off the top of my head. Cause yeah, man, it was just it was, it was crazy, man. Um, Dustin, Justin Gaethje Knocked out Dustin Poirier With a head kick man A head kick finish And he slept him He slept him Followed up He didn't sleep him But he did knock him down He did knock him out Clean KO You know He followed up with a punch But Dustin Poirier Got knocked out By Justin Gaethje I think they should do A rubber match You know Even though Dustin Like He got dominated Like He got dominated Like, you can't, you're one of the top contenders and you can't lose in the second round. It was just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Justin Gaethje is now the new BMF. He is now the new BMF. Justin Gaethje, who was formerly... Uh, who got the belt after Jorge Masvidal retired so Justin Gaethje is the new BMF It it's going really slow man i don't i don't know <laughs> i'm talking about the episode you know we thought but let me just keep it let me just keep it cut to the chase UFC Justin Gaethje knocked out Dustin Poirier with a head kick i think Justin Gaethje should get the next title shot after after Charles and Islam, um, even though Charles beat Dustin and Justin, and you know, Islam beat Charles, so I think Islam Islam is gonna defend his title against Charles in October or so. But I think Justin Gagey should be next in line. I think Justin Gagey should be next in line. If not, put him to fight Benil Dariush. If he's still trying to if he's still trying to be um lightweight champ, I think you should put him against Dariush, and then that should be the uh the the next the next top contender. If not, you know, Justin holds his holds his ground, waits till the next title fight, and Dustin could fight Banil Dariush. So, got some good stuff going on in UFC. Uh let's go into boxing, man. Let's go into boxing. <laughs> Big thing about boxing, there was probably the biggest fight in a long time. Is even bigger than you know Javante Tank Davis and, and Ryan Garcia. Um I think it's a bigger fight. It's uh it's for the <clears throat> well, is is Terrence Crawford versus Aero Spence. And this is to be undisputed champ, hold all the belts in the division. Errol Spence versus Bud Crawford. And let me tell you, this fight has been in the making for about three years now. Crawford dominated this fight. Dominated. Yo, it's crazy. Crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That Terrence Crawford was able to put on a performance this, oh my God, like. Everybody had Errol, a lot of people had Errol Spence winning this. A lot of people had Errol Spence winning. But Terrence Crawford just, oh my God, he dominated from the second round and on. First round was pretty close. Probably the only round that Errol Spence won. (laughs) Probably the only round that Errol Spence won was that first round. Second round, Crawford gets a knockdown. Boom. Knocks him down with a 1-2. 1-2 counter. Hits him with a 1-2. Boom. Knocks him down on his butt. Errol Spence is down. And for the rest of the fight, oh, my goodness, Crawford was just, oh, my God, dominating. Dominating, dominating. It was such a one-sided affair. uh, It was hard to watch. Very hard to watch. You know, there's one side of the fair. But Crawford, he looked amazing. But it it's probably like the second fight I ever seen Crawford fight. And boy was he boy did he put on a show. He he knocked out I mean, he he TKO'd Errol Spence to become the undisputed welterweight champ. Um, in the ninth round. He knocked down Errol Spence twice before that round. This fight could have been stopped earlier, but oh my god, that Terrence Crawford Beat the crap out of this guy, man I'm, I'm sorry, excuse my French But yo, he did He did his thing, man Huge fight Great, great fight Well, one-sided fight Great demonstration of skills and abilities From Terrence Crawford He really dominated that whole fight Dominated, dominated, dominated Let's go on to The Knicks real fast keeping it short you know we're going straight to the point keeping it short and we're just going to talk about the Knicks real fast and their offseason moves and let me tell you I can't be more disappointed than this team oh my god man I, I don't even I'm just going to mention one thing Dante DiVincenzo just let that let's just let that sit just let that sit with you guys you guys are asking I know you guys are asking yourself who the hell Is Dante DiVincenzo? (laughs) (laughs) Who is Dante DiVincenzo? DiVincenzo just got paid. By who? The Knicks. The Knicks paid Dante DiVincenzo, who was a backup guard for Steph Curry or Jordan Poole, you know, for the Warriors last season. The Knicks signed this guy out of everybody that was signed. You know, you got Middleton, you got uh, Van Vliet, you know, a lot of people got paid. These are the people that came, you know, off the top of my head. A lot of people got paid. Jeremy Grant would've have, would have been another pickup. Porzingis got paid. He got traded from the Wizards to the Celtics. So you got a lot of people getting paid. And the Knicks, after having a great season, you know, you look to improve. You look to improve. You look to add more guys. Make maybe trade some guys. Just look to add depth. And what do the Knicks do? The, uh, probably they're only their probably their only main move in this whole offseason was signing Dante DiVincenzo to a four-year 50 million four-year 50 million deal and let me tell you when I got this notification man I was pissed I was pissed when I got this notification man because DiVincenzo where yo Austin Reeves Austin Reeves got around the same money and then and the Knicks didn't go after him Austin Reeves got around the same money, and the Knicks didn't go after him. You got people that are game. Oh my goodness, man! All right, to to be on Dante Divincenzo's side, this guy—he's an energy guy. He's an energy guy. Um, he's got a—he's got a nice shot. You know, it's not—it's not, it's not knockdown. You know, like Curry or Clay. Clay's not even knocked down anymore. But you know how I'm saying when it comes to shooters not that kind of guy. He's a 3 and D type of guy. He's got good energy. Um, you know, he plays good defense. He's got a lot of he, he pokes the ball. You know, he's got good defense. Um so this would be a reason why the Knicks would sign this guy. But either way, man, this guy is not a difference maker. He's not a difference maker, man. I won't be surprised if this guy is coming off the bench. I won't be surprised if this guy is coming off the bench. I don't, I don't I don't understand the move. I, I don't understand the move. Here's another reason why the Knicks got him. Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, and Dante DiVincenzo. What do these three players have in common? They all went to the same college. They all went to the same college, Villanova, and they won a championship there. They won a championship in Villanova. So the Knicks are thinking... They're going to bring a championship to the Knicks. Like, come on, man. Come on. This is college, bro. This is college. Professional basketball is a different level. Oh, man, I'm just disappointed by the move. You know, the Knicks could have done so much more, man. But what they what do they end up doing? They end up getting freaking Dante Divincenzo. I hope to eat my words. I hope to eat my words, and this guy becomes MVP of the league, which is highly unlikely. <laughs> but you know the Knicks the Knicks are gonna nick. You know what I'm saying? Knicks are gonna nick. The Dixie Dick Nick, man. yeah Let's go into some baseball, man. Sheesh. Man, man, oh man. Man-y, man, 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 man. Man, man, man. It is 146. I work at 4 today, you know, so I'm just hanging out. You know, I was going to watch some impractical jokers, you know, because that's what I'm saying. You know, all I want to do is just lay down, you know, chill, watch TV, stay, you know, chill. <laughs> but that chilling stuff is dangerous, man. It's dangerous and. You get caught up on it, and you just slack off, man. You just slack off, and it is what it is. On to the MLB, man. On to the MLB. We are two days fresh from the MLB trade deadline, and before I go into the trade deadline, uh, let's do our, you know, our our weekly standings and league leaders. So let's start off with the league leaders. American League East. We got the Baltimore Orioles. 66 wins, 42 losses. They are are at top of the American American League East division. The AL Central. We got the Minnesota Twins. 55 wins, 54 losses, leading the division. AL West. We got the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers leading the division 62 to 40. I mean, 62 wins and 46 losses. Now we go on to the National League, the NL East, where the Mets play. Let's go. NL East, Atlanta Braves leading the NL East with 69 wins, 37 losses. NL Central. We got the Cincinnati Reds leading the division, 59 wins, 51 losses. Lastly, we got the NL West with the Dodgers leading the league, leading the NL West with 61 wins and 45 losses. Let's go. I'm not a Dodger fan, you know, I'm just just happy that we got by the standings. Uh, so we're going to talk about the stats right now. Who's leading in stats? Who's leading the league in stats? So we're going to start off with batting average. Leading the league with the highest batting average is Luis Araiz. Luis Areas. Luis Araiz. I don't know how you say his name. I've I've heard Ariz, but I like to say Areyes. I don't know. I always mess up people's names. <laughs> now nah, I'm playing. Uh okay, we got dogs in the background. Nice. We like dogs. It's a lot of dogs. Uh, so we got Luisa Rise leading the league in average with batting 378. We got my boy Shohei Otani-san leading the league in home runs with 39. uh uh-uh. We got matty olsen leading the league in rbis with 91 my boy matt olsen getting busy stolen bases we got ronald acuna with 51 stolen bases sheesh now let's go into the pitching stats leading the league in era we got blake snelly snell from the padres he's got a 2.50 ERA wins. We got two pitchers tied. Oh, we got we got a four way tie. We have a four way tie for the lead, the league leading wins. Uh, we got Zach Eflin. Th- that can't be right. Can that is that right? Zach Eflin. Oh my god. Zach freaking Eflin leading the league in Ws wins with twelve. We got. Spencer Strider right behind him with 12. We got Taiwan Walker with 12 as well. And we got Justin Steele with 12 wins as well. So all four of these guys are tied uh, for the league-leading wins. Now the league leader in strikeouts. We got Spencer Strider. Spencer Stride from the Atlanta Braves leading the league with 208 strikeouts mind you this guy was a this guy was a was a rookie last year and leading the league in saves we got two players tied at the top in saves we got number one with 32 saves we got Alexis Diaz and we got number one San Francisco giant Brower we got Camilo Duval with 32 saves as well. Alexis Diaz, if you didn't know, is the brother of closing pitcher Edwin Diaz from the New York Mets. And now I'm depressed <laughs> mentioning mentioning uh mentioning um Edwin Diaz. I'm just devastated. So over the past 2 days so over the course of you know the season, there's a trade deadline. Um, trade deadline means that you cannot trade with teams anymore after this deadline. It's in the it's in the it's in the word trade deadline. This is the last day. Well, after this day or before this day, before this day you can make any trades. After this day, you cannot make any trades with any teams. You're stuck with what you got. So, the Mets, this season, the Medi-Mets-Mets, the, Met, the Metropolitan Mets. So, I'm just going to go over the main deals from the Mets and the Yankees. And the Mets were, so you have buyers and sellers, right? You have people who sell and people who buy. You have teams who buy and teams who sell. And the Mets, unfortunately, they were sellers this deadline. They were sellers. So they sold everybody. You know, they sold them to other teams. Because they don't have a chance to win the World Series. Well, they do have a chance, but the chances are against them.
1: <laughs>
0: and that's just when that's just been another icing on the cake of from you know my battle with my mind and the Mets not winning anything the Mets Medi Mets, Mets the Mets are 50 and 57 19 and a half games behind the 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 wild card. I mean the 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 NL East division so they're 19 and a half games behind and it's it's just done the the Mets are done for the season what happened you might ask what happened this season they come in with the biggest payroll in history of MLB history they got two 40-year-old pitchers who have the highest salaries in the league. Uh both earning 40 both earning a a, a little over 40 million a year. Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. You got Pete Alonzo. you got Lindor coming off, you got the Mets coming in. You know, off off fresh off of a 100-win season and you know they they they're leading the power rankings in the offseason. And, you know, what happened, you might ask. The season was over before it started with Edwin Diaz. That's that's what I'm going to say.
1: The season
0: ended. The season ended because of Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz... Messes up his leg. Messes up his leg, his knee, whatever happened. I forgot. And he's out for the season. He's out for the season. And it's, it's, it's just gone down here from there. The Injuries pile up. And inconsistency. You know, no hitting when there's pitching. No pitching when there's hitting. There's hitting... They're starting pitching and then the bullpen blows it. It's just crazy what happened to the Mets season this year. And it just it went by in a flash. It, they lost in a flash. They lost before the half mark of the season. And the Mets unfortunately were sellers. And it's really tough. It's really tough. So I'm just gonna go over the deals that the Mets made to, you know, to sell. First off, the Mets. The Mets traded away Eduardo Escobar. That was the beginning of the end. They traded Eduardo Escobar. Um, July third, the Mets acquired Trevor Gott and Chris Flexen. And at this point, July third, you know the Mets thought they still had a chance. They thought they still had a chance, and they went out to get some bullpen, to, to get some bullpen arms. Trevor Gott. Has been horrible, horrible, har, horrible. horrible. Mets look horrible. I mean, that guy looked horrible. He, oh my god! Every time I saw him on the mound, he was giving up runs. He was giving up bombs. He was giving up the lead. It was just horrible. Next move later on, the Mets continuing to sell, continuing to lose. So they're like, alright All right, guys. It's time to open the time to open the to um what's that say? Foreclosing sign, foreclosure. You know, when a store says everything must go in like Hunts Pointer, like Southern Boulevard and stuff, you got stores that be like, Everything must go, everything on sale, blah, blah, ba. Ba 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 ba. So the Mets continuing to sell. And this was the beginning of the end. July 28th. Whoa, well, whoa. Well, the beginning of the. Year, yes. Oh, did I say that already with the Eduardo Escobar trade? Anyways, this was the beginning of the end. July 28th. Mets trade David Robertson for Marco Vargas and Ronald Hernandez. These are two prospects from the Marlins uh, system that they traded for David Robertson. I was disappointed with the trade. Disappointed with the trade because coming into the season, well, you know, early in the season, David Robertson was our most valuable asset. He was our most valuable asset. He's a, he, he had an expiring contract and he was killing it. He was an all-star this year. And the Mets just sold them for, you know, two prospects. They sold them for two prospects, um, a 15-year-old and a 19-year-old. No, they, they, the Mets got an 18-year-old and a 19-year-old. Marlins, they're number 18 and number 21 prospects, you know, in their farm system. A lot of teams made a lot of moves, man. The trade deadline was a uh, was a success. So after that after that uh after that trade from David Robertson, you get some comments from Max Scherzer right after the game because he got he uh David Robertson got traded mid-game in the middle of in the middle of a rain delay. Um so after the game, you got you got Max Scherzer, he makes some comments. I get a notification the next day saying that he's going to have a meeting with the the GM and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. So that goes on. And then Max Scherzer gets traded. Maxi Poo, Maxi Scherzer is traded. Wow. Max Scherzer, our ace, got traded for infielder Luis Angel Acuna, which is the Rangers' number three prospect and is the younger brother of Ronald Acuna Jr. So, you know, Mets got a solid prospect. Mets are looking to build up the... Mets are looking to build, you know, from the bottom up. they still going to have that money next year. They're still going to have that money. Still going to have that money and... You know, just building from the prospects is 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 uh is the way to go. It's always the way to go. So they got they got that, and they also gave some money. The thing that pisses me off is that the Mets are also going to be playing. They're going to be paying. Um. They're going to be paying Max Scherzer. Well, they they sent thirty million dollars. They actually. 50 million if I'm not mistaken. The Mets sent no no the Mets sent 40 mil. The Mets sent 40 mil with the rain with with Max Scherzer to the Rangers. <sighs> tough toughy tough tough. I'll also get into the teams that I liked uh with their moves. I will also get into that. But right now we're just talking about the Mets fire sale. <sighs> Mets also traded Mark Canna for a right-handed pitcher, Justin Jarvis. I like that. I like that, which is another prospect, number thirty prospect in the Brewers system. I like that. I, I like that. Mets always had good luck with pitchers. Who else the Mets traded? Uh oh what's going on out there. Hopefully everything's okay. And uh, we're just gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going, keep going to see, I'm gonna just verifying. The Mets, they sent uh, they sent Dominic Leone, who's one of their relief pitchers for infield, Jeremiah Jackson. Hopefully we're talking about these names Three to four years from now In our podcast Or on ESPN Hopefully we're talking about these guys Making an impact From these trades Mets also uh, The Mets also traded um, They also traded Tommy Pham Tommy Pham Who's having another great season Another uh, valuable asset That the Mets had On a one year deal So they got ter- they got Tommy Fan from uh they had traded him to the D-backs for infield Jeremy Rodriguez. And last but not least, the biggest trade of them all. the Biggest baddest trade of them all that the Mets traded Justin Verlander Justin Verlander the Mets signed him for two years 86 mil oh, man. and they just traded him they traded him to the Astros the team he came from The Mets traded him to the Astros, the team that he came from. Sorry, guys, had to take a quick little bathroom break. But the Mets traded Justin Verlander. They traded Justin Verlander as the last move of their of the deadline. They traded Justin Verlander for two more prospects from the Astros. Uh, outfielder Drew Gilbert and outfielder Ryan Clifford. So the Mets got Houston's number one prospect and Houston's number fourth prospect, who's, you know, who's pretty good, man. That's a pretty good return, even though they had to send about 50 mil as well, because they're still going to be paying these guys, man. They're still going to be paying these guys for the years to come for the other teams. And, you know, that just kills me. That just kills me. It just kills me, man. It kills me being a Mets fan. And, you know, it's fun. It's fun because, you know, you, you you watch the games and they're meaningless games. But, you know, slowly, the, you know, the Mets are going to met, man. The Mets are going to met. But, you know, with this new owner, I feel this team is in good hands. And this team is going to be a force to be reckoned with in a couple years to come. Nah, I'm just playing. Nah, no, no. <laughs> Stop it. Stop! my like us. <laughs> now, nah, let me just stop playing about the Mets. I don't want to put any more pressure on on them, you know, they already boom, but you know, if I was the Mets, I would have done the same thing. I would have traded all these guys. I'm I'm not even going to lie, if Pete Alonso didn't get hot in like the last couple games, and I was the GM, I probably would have sent him packing too. Because, you know, who know? You could, well, imagine the haul you could have got for that guy. You know, and the Mets are gonna have to pay him soon. But the, imagine the haul you would have got for Peter Lonzo. So you know, that's just going. That's just what happened with the trade deadline. Um, I just give you two quick things because I gotta wash my hair, man. Man, I, I hate washing my hair; as a mission. And we're already at two fourteen. I have to leave here by three. You know, so I get to work on time. You know, with traffic and all. <laughs> but uh, real fast um you know the Mets sold and you know to cap off the trade deadline 2 days ago um you know they lost on a balk a walk-off balk against the worst team in the league the Kansas City Royals they lost on a balk to those guys so that just showed you right there what type of, what kind of what type of season this was for the New York Mets I bet, I bet there's like 40 50 games left in the season but um yeah the mets aren't, aren't going to play any meaning any any meaning meaning meaningful baseball to come you know they could go on you know they could go on a streak they could get hot but it's going to be really tough it's really tough their new lineup looks un it, it looks unrecognizable man Marcana, Tommy Fan, Marte. I think Marte sat out the last couple games before the deadline with a migraine because he wanted to save his butt from being traded. Cause I would have traded him right away. Marte is another is another reason why the Mets are you know they, they 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 didn't make it this they didn't make it far. Last year he had a great season this year, not so good. Um Yankees Yankees didn't really make didn't make any moves, to be honest um, They made a couple moves They got two pitchers They got a reliever and another arm But the the Yankees, they failed this trade deadline And, you know, this season I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this season I don't know They're last in their division So it's it's tough You know, I went to the Yankee game yesterday I want to talk about that real fast Went to the Yankee game, so the Yankees win against the Rays. Garrett Cole shut down, lights out. Uh, He got two earned runs, but, you know, he settled in after that, and that's all they scored. But the Yankees won yesterday. I'm all over the place. Uh, We're just going to get into the Bible talk after I tell you the teams um, that I am happy with. Well, I am, whatever. I'm just going to tell you, the teams that I think won the deadline. Um, the Orioles. The Orioles got Jack Flaherty, a good pitcher. I like that pickup a lot. You know, they picked them up from the Cardinals. Um, the Rangers. Rangers made a lot of moves. They're really in it. They're in it. They they got Max. They got Max Scherzer. They got jo- Jordan Montgomery, another arm from the Cardinals. Dodgers also made a lot of noise too. They got Ahmed Rosario from the Cleveland Guardians. Um, the Marlins got um, um, they got Jake Berger, Jake Berger um, from the uh, from the White Sox. Um, I ha- um, I want the Mets to get Dylan Cease next year. Dylan Cease. I want the Mets to get him next year. It's a name that didn't get traded. He stood put. I want the Mets to get him next year. Um, but, you know, with the second half of the season, Yankees. I don't know. Yankees are the last hope in New York baseball. But um the Braves are looking really good. Braves are looking really good, man. Astros got some arms too. They got Verlander back. They got Verlander. Be careful for the Astros. But let's get into the Bible talk, man. Let's not waste any more time. All right, guys. So we're gonna get into the get into the Bible, man. Joseph is sold to Potiphar in Egypt. The traders who bought Joseph took him down to Egypt. Oh, I remember this. Um, Joseph's brothers, they they threw him in the wild. They sold him to some traders. Lied to their father, say he was mauled. But Joseph made it. They sold him to the captain of Pharaoh's guard, Potiphar. The Lord helped Joseph become a successful man. Joseph lived in the house of his master, Potiphar, the Egyptian. Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph and that the Lord helped Joseph be successful in everything he did. So Potiphar was very happy with Joseph. He allowed Joseph to work for him and to help him rule the house. Joseph was the ruler over everything Potiphar owned. After Joseph was made the ruler over the house, the Lord blessed the house and everything The everything that Potiphar owned. The Lord also blessed everything that grew in Potiphar's field. The Lord did this because of Jacob. So Potiphar allowed Joseph to take responsibility for everything in the house. Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything except deciding what to eat. Joseph was a very handsome man, good-looking man. After some time, the wife of Joseph's master began to pay special attention to him. One day, she said to him, "'Sleep with me,' but Joseph refused. He said, "'My master trusts me with everything in his house. "'He has given me responsibility for everything here. "'My master has made me almost equal to him in his house.' I cannot sleep with his wife. That is wrong. It is a sin against God. The woman talked with Joseph every day, but he refused to sleep with her. Self-control, man. Shout out to Jojo. One day, Joseph went to his house to do his work. He was the only man in his house. He was the only man in this house at the time. His master's wife grabbed his coat and said to him, come to bed with me. But Joseph ran out of the house so fast that he left his coat in her hand. The woman saw that Joseph had left his coat in her hand and had ran out the house. She called to the men outside and said, Look, this Hebrew slave was brought here to make fun of us. He came in and tried to attack me, but I screamed. My scream scared him and he ran away, but he left his coat with me. Then she kept his coat until her husband, Joseph Master's, Joseph's master came home. She told her husband the same story. She said, "This Hebrew slave you brought me here tried to attack me, but when he came near me, I screamed. He ran away, but left his coat." Joseph's master listened to what his wife said, and he became very angry. angry. So Potiphar. Put Joseph into the prison where the king's enemies were held. And that is where Joseph remained. Oh man, Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph and continued to show his kindness to him. So the commander of the prison guards began to like Joseph. The commander of the guards put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. Joseph was their leader, but he still did the same work they did. The commander of the guards trusted Joseph with everything that was in the prison. This happened because the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord helped Joseph be successful in everything he did. The Lord will help you be successful in everything you do. You just gotta put your face in you gotta put your faith in him. You put your faith in him, people. He's gonna take care of you, man. He took care of Joseph in prison. He took care of Joseph in prison, man. He took care of Joseph when his brothers sold him away. He took care of Joseph at Pharaoh's home. Believe in God. Follow him. Trust him. Put your faith in him. And he will take care of you, ladies and gentlemen. On to Genesis 40. We're going we're to read this last excerpt, and then we got to get going. Joseph explains two dreams. Later, two of Pharaoh's servants did something wrong to Pharaoh. These servants were the baker and the man who served wine to Pharaoh. Pharaoh became angry with his baker and wine server, so he put them in the same prison as Joseph. Potiphar, the commander of Pharaoh's guards, was in charge of the prison. The commander put two, prisons under, two prisoners under Joseph's care. The two men continued to stay in prison for some time. One night, both of the prison prisoners had a dream. The baker and the wine server each had his own dream, and each dream had its own meaning. Joseph went to them next morning and saw the two men were worried. He asked them, Why do you look so worried today? The men answered, We both had dreams last night. We don't understand what we dreamed. There is no one to explain the dream to us. Joseph said to them, God is the only one who can understand and explain dreams. So I beg you, tell me your dreams. The wine server's dream. Oh, no. So the wine server told Joseph his dream. The server said, I dreamed I saw a vine. On the vine there were 3 branches. I watched the branches go flowers and then become grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's cup so I took the grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I gave the cup to Pharaoh. Then Joseph said, "I will explain the 3 I will explain the dream to you. The 3 branches mean 3 days. Before the end of the 3 days, Pharaoh will forgive you and allow you to go back to your work. You will do the same work for Pharaoh as you did before. But when you are free, be good to me and help me tell Pharaoh about me so, I, so that I can get out of this prison. I was kidnapped and taken from the land of my people, the Hebrews. I have done nothing wrong. I should not be in prison. The baker saw that the other servant's dream was good. So he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. I dreamed there were three baskets of bread on top of my head. In the top basket, there were all kinds of baked food for the king, but the birds were eating this food. Joseph answered, I will tell you what the dream means. The three baskets mean three days before the end of the three days. The king will take you out of this prison and cut off your head. He will hang your body on a pole and the birds will eat it. Joseph is forgotten. Three days later, it was Pharaoh's birthday. He gave a party for all his servants. At the party, Pharaoh allowed the wine server and the baker to leave the prison. He freed the wine server and gave him his job back. And once again, the wine server Put a cup of wine in Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the baker. And everything happened the way Joseph said it would be. But the wine server did not remember to help Joseph. He said nothing about him to Pharaoh. The wine server forgot about Joseph. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh man, but don't worry man Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry We're gonna read Genesis 41 in the next episode Guys, thank you, thank you, thank you again Thank you for listening, thank you for making it To the end of the episode My mind and I are, you know We're just gonna keep working together Trying our best to work together But um Guys, thank you, thank you for listening Um, I believe this is episode 15 If I'm not mistaken numero quinte. <laughs> uh guys thank you man it's always a pleasure I, I i have fun man i have fun doing this i i can get i could get i can't get tired of this man i could do this all day i could really do this all day you know and this is me without this is with me not even prepping i'm not even prepping you know i just thought i'd just come on and you know hop on and just chat with you guys um thank you guys Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Sports with Jesus. Um, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Catch you on the flippity flip.